This is exciting. British Malaysian stand up comedian Phil Wang. So, Phil Wang or Phil Wang? Wow, really good. Phil Wang, yeah. Yeah, Phil yeah, Wang. Yeah. My yeah. apologies. No, no, no. You're, it's the sort of thing a true professional would have checked off here. Well, you're the only professional to get it right in 12 years. <laughs> okay, so, great, 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 no, great. No, no, no. Good start. Well. Good start. British Malaysian stand up comedian Phil Wang is on a mission to find his silly side. And be the funniest, reasonable person in the UK. The doesn't work with the title though. The Wang in there baby world tour is part of his quest, including a show tomorrow night in Auckland. If you haven't been to stand up for a while and you've been waiting for a show to go to, this is the one. Phil's show explores race and family, and the mystery of where common sense seems to have gone, and why the British have an aversion to reheating rice. His humour is winning over fans. He has a Netflix special. He has a role in Life and Beth, the TV show with Amy Schumer. And he has a debut film appearance alongside Timothy Chalamet in Wonka in December. And he's with me in the studio. Kia ora, hello. Kia ora, Jesse. Nice to be here. You. That is extremely exciting being involved in Wonka. Oh, yeah. It's very cool, man. Yeah. What can you tell us? Um, I, I can't say very much about... Uh, my role, but yes, I, I'm I'm finally teaming up with fellow Hollywood heartthrob <laughs> yeah. Timothy Chalamet. He's yeah. at last met his match. <laughs> it's like when Pacino and De Niro did Heat. Finally, we get to see them <laughs> yes. in the same room at the same time. Yeah, like do they cancel each other out <laughs> or do they compliment each other? I think audiences will be pleasantly surprised at the Chalamet Wang <laughs> partnership. <laughs> and for the rest of us. It looks like you are so hot right now. Oh, thanks. Does it feel that way to you? Does it feel like you have mo? Mo? Yeah, momentum. Oh, okay. It could have been mojo. Oh, as yeah. Well. Yeah, yeah, both work. Uh, mo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess um, it's always. I'm happy to hear that. I, I, I live life, I feel, quite slowly. So the idea of me and momentum going together <laughs> is very alien to me. But when it really starts, you can't stop it, right? This is it. Yeah. Such are the properties of inertia. <laughs> I mean, uh, yes. I mean, when people want you, suddenly this, the phone starts ringing, and suddenly, no matter how slow you want to go, oh yeah, life tell me is about it. Too fast. Tell me about it. I, I I just finished my UK tour in Nottingham. I got in the car, drove back down to London, got home one a.m., and then got up the next morning, packed, and flew out here. Oh my god. <laughs> And yeah. got got into New Zealand at what time? Uh, 3.55 a.m. Oh. this morning. You've been here before? Uh, yes, in 2018. So okay. that was the last time. That was, and this, was, this is my second time in, in Aotearoa. Oh, well, welcome back. I'm really interested in your history. You uh, had an apprenticeship on the, the famed Cambridge University Footlights Club. Um, people will know that's where some of the Monty Python members started, along with other famous British comedians. Is there a value in doing those experiences, um, some of that on-stage stuff that maybe today's generation of TikTok comedians will never understand? Oh, yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, it's very, I, I, I mean, what was amazing about doing Footlights at university was just I came out of university with all this um, experience and stage experience. Uh, and I think, I think fundamentally having being able to do comedy on stage and in person is good to be able to do. And and I think the new comedians are coming up only on TikTok who are really good on TikTok and social media. You know, they get on stage and suddenly they can't they can't you know edit 
themselves. They can't do jump cuts yeah. from one good take to another good take. Um, and so they, they they sometimes struggle. But on the other hand, I can't do an Instagram reel to save my life. <laughs> do you feel obligated to try? Always. Yeah. Life is just a series of obligations. <laughs> <laughs> Can you tell I'm in my 30s now? <laughs> uh, yeah, and then you finally get the handle of tic- on Instagram and people are telling you, no, 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 it's not Instagram anymore. Yeah, You've got to be TikTok. over on TikTok. And then once I'm on TikTok, it'll be bleep bloop. And then once I'm on bleep bloop, it'll be bleep bloop. And yeah, so I, 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 I think tracing it is futile. I'm just going to... Um, I'm just going to stick with where I am right now. Born in the UK and raised in Malaysia and then back to the UK, is is that part of the recipe for you becoming a comedian? I guess so. I was, the first time I was in the UK, I was only there for the first three weeks of my life. So I don't, <laughs> I don't, I didn't, I didn't form too many memories. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so I think being between the two countries and feeling n- not completely at home or native anywhere has sort of made me a natural outsider. Mm. Um, and I think most comedians are at, at, at the heart outsiders and they're able to make jokes and observations about things because they look, they're not really taking part in life. Yeah. They're, they're, they're watching it. Do you have to dig deep to find your silly side? Um, it's almost the opposite. I think when you dig deep, you can, you can get too serious. At least that's what happened mm. to me. So I'm trying to deep a little more shallow. Um, that's, the, that's my revelation. For better or for worse, you do have to think harder as a comedian now. Um, when you're writing. Um, 20 years ago, the world was a little bit different, right? If something was funny, you would put it out there. And now you probably do have to think a little bit harder about the implications of what you say. Mm, yeah, yeah. I think because... Or maybe just what was funny then isn't funny anymore. It isn't. And things change and demographics change and cultures change. And things people would have laughed at in the 80s, people would not <laughs> laugh at uh, now. And uh, that's neither, you know, it, that's just how... The, mores change you know we all we change as a society um yeah so it's something you have to some you have to you have to put your material through various filters anyway and uh, these are just new filters you know the filters of say what if you want to call it sensitivity call it that yeah um but you don't have to you don't have to and and um some comedians make very good careers by deliberately not putting their material through those uh, filters. It, it it really comes down to who you want to entertain and in what way. So I think ultimately the decision is yours. Can you tell me a bit about the show, Wang and Their Baby? Yeah, it's um, it's it's largely about being from two islands, being from Borneo and Britain at the same time, and the the differences in cultures uh, in the culture I've noticed been between being Malaysian Chinese and and white British. And so I, I touch on those uh, that, that topic a few times in the show, but in between, um, um, is all other observations about things and uh, thoughts on you know being a little a little more well known than I was last time I did a show and how that's changed life a little bit and um, yeah all sorts really. The my my shows don't really have a narrative, but they have themes that emerge. And uh, the theme this time around appears to be being from Borneo and the theme of fear. <laughs> <laughs> See if you can pick out the theme of fear in my show. Okay. It's quite a subtle theme. Yeah. What was the moment for you where you started feeling better now, feeling more famous? Was there... Uh, an instant, or has it been a kind of a slow, gradual uh, rise you, to fame? You get these, you get these steps, um, these these boosts in comedy, 
Um, so um, when I did Live with the Apollo, which is a stand-up show in the UK, I got a little boost. And when I did Have I Got News for You, which is another big show in the UK, I got a little boost. But I think it's probably Taskmaster that was the biggest boost. Oh, yeah. Because that's a pretty intensive look at a comedian, right? It is. And, and, uh, and I was on it just as it's really blowing up in terms of popularity. And, and I know it's blown up here as well. And you guys have your own, your own one here now. Um, yeah, people love it. Yeah, yeah, and so that, that that was probably the biggest boost I noticed, the the biggest increase in people sort of recognizing me. It seems like the two biggest things you can do here in New Zealand as a comedian to raise your profile is uh, Taskmaster or Celebrity Treasure Island seems to be a big one. Celebrity Treasure Island? Yeah. Do you have uh, the equivalent <laughs> no, of that? No, that sounds amazing though. Yeah. What do you do in Celebrity Treasure Island? Um, so now I have not seen the show and uh, Ayana, my producer, loves that she's going to kill me for this but uh, as I understand it, a group of celebrities are dropped onto an island. They've got to survive with limited rations and they're eliminated one by... I haven't seen I'm just guessing this and looking at her for the corrections. <laughs> eliminated one by one right. uh, until there are a small number of celebrities left and then they have to find some treasure somewhere on the island. Wow, that's so cool. So, I, and they raise money for charity, yeah. So also sort of competition-based. Is, is New Zealand society fundamentally competitive? <laughs> Does it not value anything unless it's a competition? <laughs> I, think, um, I think we have a lot of kind of... Uh, well, because the comedians are often the people who are currently famous, but then there's a lot of like TV presenters you haven't seen for a while, you know, oh, beloved TV yeah. presenters or, or sports stars, maybe five years out of the game trying to decide what to do next. So it ends up being quite an interesting... Oh, so it's quite a mix of people. Yeah. You have one in the UK called I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. I'm sure That's it's right. the same sort of thing. It is, yeah, filmed in Australia. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, that one is... Mm, there's not really such a comedian... Bent to that. There's right. always a couple of comedians. It would be a bad sign for a comedian on, on the <laughs> bad side. There's always the a career. couple of comedians, a disgraced politician, and a couple of sports people. <laughs> uh, that, that seems to be the, the golden Yeah, mix. and if the politician hasn't been disgraced yet, they will wait till they've done. I'm a celebrity, <laughs> get me out of here. Yeah. Uh, if you just tuned in, I'm talking to Phil, uh, Phil Wang. The uh, show is called Wang and Their Baby, and you'll have one chance to see him in New Zealand tomorrow at Sky City Theatre in Auckland. What do you do when you're travelling and you're not performing? How do you make the most of, you know, 48 hours in New Zealand? Oh, eat, eating is my main thing. Mm -hmm. I like to eat. Uh, museums, food and museums. If I could bring around a bowl of noodles in an art gallery, I'd be a very happy boy. <laughs> do you enjoy the lifestyle, the travelling lifestyle? I do, I do. I, I, I eventually do always get a little homesick and just kind of sit down and stay still for a while. But I like seeing new places and and being on my own and listening to podcasts and reading on on various seats. I like getting up on from one seat and going to another seat <laughs> on another vehicle and getting yeah. out of that vehicle and sitting in another seat <laughs> and seeing what it's like to listen to a podcast on that seat. Okay, yeah, that's a, yeah. I feel I feel like a a, a traveling bard of yore. While we're on food, can we talk about reheating rice? I suppose, yeah. 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 Can you give me your take on it? Right. Well, I, I discovered in the UK that people had a real aversion, a real fear of reheating rice, which was not something I had ever come across in Malaysia because for Asian people, it's pretty normal thing to do to reheat rice, to keep rice hanging around. And then in the UK, I, I saw... Um, especially my white British friends throwing away perfectly good rice mm. all the time because they're scared it'll make them sick. There is a real, I won't call it an urban myth because I'm sure there's plenty of food safety people out there who will tell me uh, the dangers of uh, 
of leftover rice, but there's it's a real it's like a real big thing, right? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. Watch out for rice; it breeds bacteria. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yes. You know, even this more so than chicken. Bacteria. That's it. Yeah. So I, I take no legal responsibility for anything that happens. I'm not giving any medical advice no. here. All I'm saying is that Asian people do it all the time, and China is one of the great civilizations of the world. So it can't be that bad. <laughs> you think we can afford to loosen up five percent? <laughs> and what about ibuprofen? Oh, my producer would like me to tell you that here in New Zealand, Pharmac reports one million and eighty thousand ibuprofen tablets were sold in New Zealand last year, and one million six hundred and forty thousand tablets for heartburn. Okay, and then she supplied the question: What do you think that says about us? <laughs> I'll have to do some pretty quick uh, arithmetic. Uh, I, that your country in pain? Yeah. But, you talk about pain a bit and ibuprofen. Have yeah, I got that totally wrong? Um, yeah, you got that part mostly right. Okay. <laughs> I have a story about going to, uh, going to a pharmacy in New York, um, in New York, America, and and um, being astonished by the number of tablets you can buy there. Yeah. Because um, in the UK, our, our, our tablets are very, very strictly controlled <laughs> yeah. in terms of what we can buy. We can, we're only allowed so much pain relief in our, in our lives because the British... It is our duty to experience at least something. Is <laughs> <laughs> what we deserve. <laughs> Whereas the Americans increasingly feel like it is their right to be free from pain at all times. Oh yeah, and it's, this is the problem with the opioid crisis. That's right? it. They've they were, taken it to the other extreme. They were told that if they were in pain, something was wrong. Absolutely. In it, fact, their doctor was probably negligent. Yeah, absolutely. And look, we've just illustrated the two extremes. Um, and I guess I'd, I think it's probably better to be in the British extreme. Hmm. What, what's the, what, I, I should probably ask you know, for research for my show here. How, many, how much ibuprofen can you buy in one go here? I'm going to guess packets of 24 tablets. Wow. I could be wrong. That's not bad. I think that would be normal, yeah. Okay. 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 Um, I'd also like to talk to you about horror movies. Okay. Because it's been Halloween uh, yesterday. <gasps> yeah, I was in the sky for all of Halloween. That's yeah. how long it takes to fly here. Well, maybe that was intentional because you did a whole podcast about why you hate horror. I did, yeah. I, I had a routine, a standard routine once about hating horror. And the good people at Audible thought it'd be a good idea to make me watch horror movies for our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> with with comedians who liked horror and made me watch, would make me watch their favorite horror Did you movie. dislike it because you find it terrifying yeah. or for other reasons? I just don't like to be scared. I don't yeah. know why people would volunteer <laughs> volunteer negative emotion, you know, yeah. volunteer to have a negative emotion. Uh-huh. Uh, I like spicy food. That's the that's the most I can understand the masochism, right? <laughs> yeah. That's the only real masochistic urge I have is spicy food. Yeah. But I don't want to feel afraid because I, and I have I have a strong mental I have a strong a strong mind's eye. You know, if I see something hor- horrific, I can't forget it. Yes. You know? Do you know some people don't have a mind's eye? It's called aphasia. I've heard this before. So they don't have a mind's eye. So if you said to them, picture a yellow lemon. They would understand the words, yeah. but they wouldn't be able to see that yellow lemon they wouldn't in have, there. Yeah, yellow lemon in the head. Isn't that mad? Is that you? You can send me a text on 2101 and tell me how old you were when you first realized that most other people could do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's extraordinary. I sometimes, I sometimes envy them. What was the worst horror movie they made you watch? The scariest. The scariest was probably The, the Others with Nicole Kidman. Oh, yeah. One. 
Got it's just it. it's just unsettling. Yeah. And it's all in a house. I don't like it if it's in a house because I live in a house. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Why can't it be somewhere where I'm not? Why can't it be at a gym? <laughs> Why can't we? Why can't we set horror movies in gyms so that I? Well, I'm I safe. Be, yeah, I'm safe then. Yeah. Even the woods, you can stay out of the woods. Easily stay out of the woods. Very difficult to much, avoid homes. Much harder to avoid the home. <laughs> Great to have you here in New Zealand. Oh, thanks, Jesse. Thanks for having me. It's lovely to be back. Wang in there, baby. The world tour comes to New Zealand. Uh, and there's a show tomorrow night in Auckland. I've, told, I've been talking to Phil Wang.